why a Jew was able to draw down the essence of godliness on Rosh Hashanah and fulfill the purpose of creation, which is to reveal the essence of godliness in the physical world. So, so far what we were focusing on is how can we connect the essence of godliness? There's an old Jewish Yiddish joke about two people in this, um, who were out of their minds. The ankle says to Shmerel, Shmerel, can you bring me the moon? So the ankle, Shmerel says to the ankle, the ankle, you first hold on to the moon and then I'll bring it down. So till now we're talking about how to connect to the essence of Hashem. We explained that the reason why the Torah uses the words God blew into Adam's nostrils, a spirit of life, the expression of blowing denotes that something that comes from the very core, just like when a human being blows out air, that activity causes them to become tired very quickly because it comes from their gut. So too, the, the emergence of his soul, the neshama, from Hashem, is something which comes from the very essence of godliness. And that's why it's possible for a Jew to uh, draw down the essence of Hashem. But now we're going to explore something else. Okay, so now that we explained the, our connection to the essence of Hashem, now let's talk about how does that relate to our drawing down the essence of godliness in the physical world. So, now that continues in section six, 6 of this discourse. All the above explains why the Jewish people are able to draw down the essence of godliness. But the reason they're able to draw this down into the world, the reason they're able to connect Zeh with Ko, we learned earlier on that God created the world on, 20, on the 25th day of El, and created man on the first day of Tishrei, six days later. So concerning the creation of man, God says, this is the day of the beginning of your works. This is the day of the beginning of God's works. Why? Because man introduces to the world something called this. What does this refer to? This refers to the essence of godliness. As opposed to day 25 in creation is associated with the word in Hebrew, ko. 25 is numerically equivalent to the word ko. Ko means it's something like this. It's not so clear. So, a Jew is meant to bring down zeh, this, the essence of godliness, in a place, in a stage of koi, in a place of a place where things aren't so clear, a place which is more complex. You're supposed to bring down the purity and the essence of godliness in a place of of of, uh, of haziness. So how is it possible that we're able to bring down the zeh with, and to put, introduce zeh into ko to bring down this, the essence of godliness, into a place which is not so clear, which is, which is more hazy with the godly revelation, isn't it as, as hard and fast? It's not the essence of godliness, but how can we bring down the essence of godliness into the koi, into a place, into a stage, which is not that way. You could say this is achieved by revealing the soul in the body. Because the body of man, which was created from earth, that the earth that man's body was created from, was created on the 25th day of El, so the body of man is associated with the word ko. Ko again means so. It's something like something else. It's not so clear. So the body of man comes from the ko, comes from a level 
of godliness which is more concealed, which is more filtered, which is more diluted, which is more contracted. So the body of man is created from the earth. The earth was created on day 25. And by a person revealing godliness in their body, by them revealing godliness in their own self, in their own body, through this, you're able, you could draw down godliness, revelation of godliness in the world, and the world as well. Talmud says that the, with a measure that a person measures, that's how he is measured. Which means that what we do for others, the way we, as, as the ultimate says in Tanya, that if you um, uh, are trying to give your bare minimum of charity and say, well, I want to give what I'm obligated to give, then you're asking the heavenly courts, so God forbid, to do the same. So you, you won't, you won't do what you deserve. The measure that you measure others, or the measure you measure your life with, that's how you're measured in heaven. So, in the positive way, by a person drawing down the revelation of Zeh, of the essence of Galilee, in Koi, in his body, in the part of his life, in the part of himself, which is not such a pure revelation of the essence of Galilee, by him making the, this convergence in within himself, between Zeh and Koi in himself, between his soul and, and, his, and his body, through this, the revelation, the essence of Galilee, is brought down into Koi, into the world. In the whole world, in the hazy part of the world, the part of the world which is not the, the creation of the world was made in a way that is not such a clear revelation. So, by bringing, introducing Galilee into your body, revealing Hashem in yourself, through this you draw down the essence of Galilee in the world as well. Just like Adam himself, Adam himself announced to all creation, "Let us go, let us bow down and prostrate ourselves before Hashem, our Maker." So Adam caused all of creation outside of himself to experience absolute abnegation to, to God. He, he affected the world around him. How did he affect the world around him? Adam said, let us bow down to God. Some people use different expressions. They say, you should bow down to God. Like some people are very, um, uh, how should I say this in a nice way? They're very excited about what other Jews should do, what other people should do. Like, you know, no two Jew, there's always one thing that all two Jews can agree on. Two Jews can always agree what a third Jew should give to Tzedakah. So, so Adam, <laughs> Adam said, not you should bow down to God. He said, Let's, let us bow down to God. That means he himself was in a state of abnegation before Hashem. And by Adam achieving his bittle, this abnegation to Hashem in himself, through this he influenced the world. To explain this idea, in order to re- that revealing godliness in the world is achieved by revealing godliness in the body of man, let's first understand a little bit more about Adam. The word Adam, Adam in Hebrew, comes from the word similar. So Adam means someone who's similar to godliness. Adam Elohim, someone who's similar to that which is above. This applies not just to the soul of Adam, but also the body of Adam. As God said when he created Adam, let us make man in our image. So that means that Adam's soul was created in the image of God. But also the body of Adam, a body of Adam Rishon, was made by the hands of God. So just like this is true for Adam, that both his soul and his body were created by God, and that are godly, the soul was created in God's image. And the body is also created by God's hands, in a similar way, not exactly, but in a similar way, 
is also regarding the body of every single Jew, because every Jew is called Adam. Every Jew is called Adam. We have, we're given the name of Adam. And the reason why every Jew is called Adam, which again, Adam means to be similar to that which is above, to be similar to the divine. What part of a Jew is similar to the divine? Both the soul of the Jew and the body of the Jew. This is something which is eternal and something which, which cannot be changed, something which is impossible to change. It's something which is forever. It says in the Torah, you will be for me a kingdom of Kainim and a holy nation. There's, there's a two titles that God gives us when he gives, gives us the Torah. He says, you will be for me a, a kingdom of Kainim and a holy people. So first of all, he says, you will be for me. The Talmud says whenever the Torah uses the word me, it's something which, which is forever. So whatever is associated with the word li, which is associated with God, is something forever. So God calls us a kingdom of Kain. The kingdom of Kain refers to our soul. A holy nation refers to our body. So a Jew, both his soul and his body, are analogous to Adam's soul and body. Adam's soul, again, which was created in God's image, and Adam's body, which was created by God's hand. Every Jew has it as well. And therefore, by a Jew doing what Adam did and revealing Galilee in his body, through this, he caused a revelation of Galilee in the world. So that explains, in section 6, six we explained was, why is it possible that a, the effort of a Jew to draw down God's essence, why does it impact the world? And the answer is, is because a Jew has a body. And the body is related to the world. Just like Adam's body was created from the earth, so too a Jew's body is analogous to Adam's body. And therefore, just like Adam caused revelation in the world by him persuading himself before God, so to every Jew, by him connecting his soul to his body, revealing godliness in his body, he doesn't just affect himself, he affects the whole world. And now let's continue in section 7 of the Maimah. This explains the verse that this Maimah is based on from our prayers. This is the day at the beginning of your works. A commemoration of the first day this is a rule for Yisrael. This is a judgment for the God of Yaakov. It says, Ki, because this is a day of judgment for Israel, a day of a rule for Israel, this is a day of judgment for the God of Yaakov. Why is this called the day of the beginning of your works? It's because the day of a rule for Israel, the day of judgment for the God of Yaakov. What's the connection? What's the way that a Jew can connect the essence of Galilee with the physical world? What's the way we can connect Zeh, which means this? This refers to the only thing you can say this about, the essence of Galilee. How can you connect this, the essence of Galilee, with the world, with the, the God's creation, which does not have a manifest expression of God's essence? How do you connect this? This is by doing this within yourself. How do you do this within yourself? Through the study of Torah and doing mitzvahs. Why? Because the study of Torah is associated with the soul. The study of Torah is associated with pure revelation, is associated with this, and the performance of mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are all, all the mitzvahs of God are vested in physical things. We do mitzvahs with physical objects. So the mitzvahs are connected to the refinement and the elevation of the body. And by a Jew studying Torah and performing mitzvahs, 
and not just doing both, but each of these activities helps the other. The author says in Tanya that um, the godly revelation that Torah scholars achieve, they bring down the God's light from the, from the level of Chacham Vatsilus, from the highest level of Vatsilus, uh, only to the worlds of Bria and Yitzira. They only bring it down, down the God's light to the two higher worlds. But to bring down God, God's light to the physical world, that's achieved through Tamkon Daraisa, that's achieved through those Jews who their main service of Hashem is in giving tzedakah and in kindness. So each service of God affects the other. The study of Torah helps mitzvahs, and mitzvahs helps Torah until they become one one. So by Jews studying Torah and doing mitzvahs, and not just doing both, but in a way that they become one because each one helps the other, through this there is a fusion of zeh and ko. Through this there is a fusion of the essence of godliness with the physical world. And that's the meaning of the verse. In the service, it's just saying, this is a rule the Jewish people have. It's a rule for Israel. The, the Rosh Hashanah is something the Torah, the Torah says. But uh, what this verse is also saying is, which means a rule, refers to the Torah. Mishpat, a judgment, refers to mitzvahs. So a judgment for Israel refers to the Torah, the Torah is connected to Israel, Yisrael. Yisrael is the name of our virtue. The Torah uses the word Yisrael. It's referring to something virtuous about us. So our study of Torah is with a virtuous part of ourselves, with our soul. Choyk Yisrael. What do we study Torah with? With our neshama. Mitzvahs, our misht l'kayakev. Mitzvahs are called the judgment of the God of Yaakov. Torah is with understanding. And therefore, Torah is associated with Yisrael. The word Yisrael is made up of two parts. Li roish. Li roish means to me ahead. Which part of you studies Torah? Your mind. So Yisrael, which is the virtuous name of the Jewish people, the name which denotes our virtue, also is associated with the mind, with the head. Yisrael is made up of the words li roish. Yisrael means ahead. So what parts? What part of us studies Torah? Our mind, our head. So therefore, choyk Yisrael means the activity of, the, of Yisrael, the activity of the Jew's mind in studying Torah. A mitzvah is achieved by doing something physical. A mitzvah is achieved with the lowest part of us. What's the lowest part of us? Our, our power of action. That's associated with the heel. The word heel, uh, I'm sorry, the name Yaakov, is, was given to him because when Yaakov was born, he was holding on to the heel of Asa. So this um, doesn't just refer to the fact that we do mitzvahs with our physical body. In other words, the, the heel element of Yaakov refers to two things. Number one, a mitzvah is performed with our lowest power, a power of action. And also, it's performed with items in this world which are heel-like. We perform mitzvahs with physical things in this world, in this physical world, which is there's no world lower than this physical world. So, because a mitzvah is performed by the lowest part of ourselves, the heal energy within ourselves, the power of action, and further, not just we're doing mitzvahs with the lowest part of ourselves, the heal part of ourselves, but further, we are doing mitzvahs with physical objects, which is the lowest item that God created, the physical things in this physical world, which is nowhere lower than this world. So that's why a mitzvah is associated with the name Yaakov, which means heal. And this explains the sentence, which we say in our prayers, uh, which comes from, from Tehillim, which we say recite on, today on Thursday. Actually, um, 
sorry, it's in Rosh Hashanah prayers. We say, Kichoyk uh, Yisrael Mishul Kayakiv. We say, huh? It says in the Torah this verse. This is the day of the beginning of your works because this is a rule for your soul, because this is a judgment for the God of Yahweh. What do we explain? We explain this is the day of the beginning of your works. What's the, what's the Torah telling us with, with this? This refers to the essence of God. How do we bring down the essence of God? And when do we bring down the essence of God? We bring down the essence of godliness. We bring down the essence of Hashem literally on, on today. This is the day. What day? The day God created man. Man is the one who is able to bring down this. How does man bring down this? The verse continues. This is a rule for Yisrael. The rule for Yisrael means the study of Torah. Yisrael is the, is the mind of a Jew. And Yisrael studies the rule, studies the Torah. This is a judgment for the God of Yaakov. Judgment refers to the mitzvahs. What part of the Jew fulfills the mitzvahs? Our heal energy. Our lowest our power of action. And how do we perform mitzvahs with physical objects, with the heel of the world? So this is a day, how do we bring down, what did God give us on this day? That we're able to bring down the essence of godliness in the physical world. What about us allows us to draw down the essence of godliness in the physical world? It's our study of Torah and our performance of mitzvahs. So, Zeh, this is the day of the beginning of your works. There is the works. There's a creation of the world. And in this world, God says this. He wants us to bring this into your works, into your creation. How do we achieve this? God made man on the day, Rosh Hashanah. And what does man do? He does Yisrael. He studies Torah. And in performance of mitzvahs. Through the body of the Jew, and the soul of the Jew, learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, he draws down the essence of godliness in the physical world. Okay. That's so basically in section seven, the Mimer, the Rebbe explains the flow of the verse and how this is uh, relevant to our, um, and explains how the Jewish people achieve what we discussed earlier in the Mimer, how a Jew has a part of him which comes from the essence of God and he has a part of him which um, is connected to a, a level of godliness which is more concealed. So he said it's possible to connect them by connecting your soul with your body. What do you do though to connect them? That's really in this in this section. It's the study of Torah, Chayk Yisrael, and Mishpul Kayakev and performance of mitzvahs that achieve this fusion of Zeh and Masacha, with the essence of godliness with your works with the creation of the world. Now in section eight of the Maimer, that I was going to, going to to introduce how this theme has relevance to the what Hasidus talks about the purpose, the essence of Shoshana the building of Malchus, the building of God's sovereignty. What does that mean? Well, on Shoshana, um, we are able to renew the energy of God, which is the source of creation. The source of creation is the ten utterances with, with which God made the world. God made the world with ten utterances. And every year Shoshana, there is a uh, ascent of the energy of God to back to its source. And by us asking God to be our king, we cause it to be a renewal of godly energy, a new light of God to come down for, for, the, for the entire year. So now we understand why this discussion about Torah and Mitzvah and drawing on the essence of godliness has a relationship to 
to, to specifically the sphere of Malchus. Although Malchus is a source of creation, we're going to see that Malchus isn't the only part of Galinus which is related to creation. There are also the six attributes with which God made the six days of the week. Each day of the week has associated with a different kind of Gali energy that the world needs. Um, the second day of creation, the third day of creation, God made different creatures because each day of creation is um, has a different sphere. Like, for example, today is the anniversary of the second day of creation, the day of Kuvura, the day that God caused there to be a separation between the lower waters and the higher waters, between the physical and the spiritual. So, the, all of God's attributes, all of his medias, all of God's, so to speak, feelings, his emotions, are also related to creation. It, yes, the ten utterances are the tool with which act, the actual creation was made, but there's the energy of Hashem in, in those, in, in the ten utterances. Each day has different energy that imbues that utterance with its function. So on day two of creation, God said, let there be a firmament, let there be a separation. He was employing the sphere of Buddha. So how come specifically we're associating Rosh Hashanah with the renewal specifically of the ten utterances and, and Malchus and God's sovereignty, God's words. God's words are associated with uh, the attribute of Malchus, the attribute of sovereignty, because just like a king leads with his words, so too the attribute of sovereignty is associated with the ten utterances of Hashem. But it seems that there's more involved over here. It seems that we need to have the other energies of, of godliness also to be renewed on Rosh Hashanah. So how can we associate Rosh Hashanah specifically with the building of Malchus? Let's see inside. And according to this, we can explain that which is known. The Rosh Hashanah is the building of Malchus, again, the building of God's sovereignty, the building of the ten, the ten utterances, with which, is, which is the source of the energy of all of creation, just like on day one of creation. I'm sorry, just like in the first Rosh Hashanah. On the day that God made man, Adam caused there to be revelation of God's sovereignty in the world. How did he do this? Adam announced to all creation, God is king, he garbs himself in grandeur. Adam was talking about God's sovereignty. He revealed, he caused all the creatures of God to prostrate themselves before God. He revealed in the animals, in all of creation, the, the energy of God within them. So he caused it to be revelation of God's sovereignty on the day he was created. He said, let's bow down before God. He caused in the world, the world should feel God's sovereignty. The world should feel God's the king. So to every single year on the day of Rosh Hashanah is a time when the Jewish people draw down God's sovereignty. And again, the Jewish people are called man, just like Adam is called man. And they bring down this revelation of God's sovereignty. So when Adam, when he was created, he said, God is king. So too, every Jew, on the day of Rosh Hashanah, on the anniversary of the creation of man, through the Jewish people who are called men, they are able to uh, draw down God's sovereignty as well. And that's the reason why we say in our prayers, Rosh Hashanah, what do we say in our prayers? Reign over the entire world with your glory. We call God the king of the whole world. This was, this something, this is achieved in the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. We ask already in the first prayer of Rosh Hashanah that God should reign over the entire world. Why are we asking God to reign, to be the king of the whole world? Because Rosh Hashanah, it, every year, is connected to the sphere of Malchus, to the sphere of God's sovereignty. So, what's the relationship between the renewal of God's sovereignty and creation? 
Rosh Hashanah is a time of renewal of the creation. Uh, since Rosh Hashanah is a time of renewal of creation, and the creation comes from the sphere of, from the attribute of God's sovereignty, because God wanted to be a king, that's why He made the world. So, because God's sovereignty is what motivated God, so to speak, to become to to make the world, because He wanted to be king, that's why He made the world. So, on Rosh Hashanah, when there is a renewal of creation, that's why it's called the beginning of your works. It's the day that God made the world. And there's a renewal of creation on this day. Therefore, we have to draw down these attribute of God's sovereignty because all of creation comes from God's sovereignty. So because there's a renewal of creation and creation comes from God's sovereignty, that's why we have to renew Malchus, the sphere of sovereignty. But this requires explanation, as I mentioned before, since creation involves all of the six attributes of creation, all the six emotions, as it says in the Torah, in six days, God made the world. So it doesn't say actually in six days, God made the world. It says six days made the world. Why does it say six days made the world? Because there are the six attributes of godliness, the six attributes, so to speak, of God's emotions, that is a source for creation. That's what made the heaven and earth. Each day of creation has different energy. So even though the creation is achieved through all of the seven attributes of godliness, not just through the attribute of God's sovereignty, but also through other six emotions from God's kindness in, until the level called Yisod, the level of bonding. So since there is a need for each attribute of godliness to produce the world, each so why on Rosh Hashanah do we specifically need to renew God's desire to be a king and not renew all the other six attributes? In addition... In the attribute of Malchus itself, in the attribute of God's sovereignty itself, what we need to renew is the utterances of God. It says in the Torah, God made the world, God made the heaven with his words. The ten utterances, the, it says the Talmud, is what, how God made the world. So the emphasis of Rosh Hashanah, <clears throat> in our prayers, we don't speak about God's speech we speak about God's sovereignty specifically. We say, ask God, you should be king over the whole world. We don't say, you should speak. We don't say, that you. we say, God, you're the king of the whole world. We emphasize not specifically God's speech, which is, in other words, if the purpose of, of renewing God's sovereignty was merely about creating the world, then the focus should have been about God's words. Our prayers should have been focused on the element in God's sovereignty, which is associated with the words of God, the ten utterances. But instead, our focus is, is you're the king of the whole world. Reign over the whole world with your glory. We accept you as our king. So question number one is, how come we're not talking about the other six emotional attributes of godliness? From, and we're only talking about the attribute of God's words. Question number one. And question number two is, in God's sovereignty itself, the, the main that, that attribute of godliness, God's sovereignty has different components. The, the key component would seem in relevant creation is, the element of speech. And yet, that's a highlight. Another, another point. Most of the utterances of God in creation were recited before day six of creation, before the creation of man. Man was created on day six. And God sent most of these ten utterances on the first five days of creation. So why is there a relationship between creation and the creation of man, when God created most of the world already before the creation of man. Further, the ten utterances weren't just said at one point. 
5,782 years ago, 83 years ago. Rather, the Baal Shem Tev explains that there is a renewal of God's energy in every creature, every single moment, every single moment. And although we say in our prayers, in, in, with your goodness you renew the world every day, really the Baal Shem Tev explains that this happens every single moment. It's only that it's more, the Shulchan Arach says it's more obvious every day when you see the sun rise, it feels like the world's anew. But every moment there's a renewal of all God's and utterances. All God's and utterances are renewed every single day. So how come we specifically um, talk about the renewal of creation, Rosh Hashanah, when Rosh Hashanah is the last day of creation, most utterances were cited before. And number two, um, these ten utterances aren't unique every year. On Rosh Hashanah it seems that these ten utterances have relationship to every single moment of time. So, God willing, we will see the answer to our questions tomorrow. Why is Hashanah associated again with uh, Malchus specifically, sovereignty specifically, not the other six attributes. Number two, why is it related? Not why don't we focus on the speech of God? Number three, the ten utterances seem to have a relationship to the first six days of creation, and not so much the last day. And especially because these utterances are always being renewed every moment. Okay, to be continued. Have a great day. It's wrote. Deeper and deeper. <laughs> you know.